Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm William Friedman, and today we're studying Ketubot 43. Today's Daf starts to get into the main topic of our chapter, which is a conversation about which families a not-yet or no-longer-married woman is connected to, and the obligations that family members have to each other. Now, one might be tempted to view such a question with suspicion. After all, what is a family if not a mutual support mechanism? We'll see that the Gemara takes a very nuanced view of this matter, as I've been arguing it usually does. First, however, let's see how it opens the discussion with a question between Amoraim, the post-Mishnaic sages. Ba'amine Rebbe Avina me Rav Sheshet. So Rebbe Avina asks a question of Rav Sheshet. Bat hanizonet min ha'achin ma'aseyadahalami. A young girl, a daughter, who is being supported by brothers, to whom does her ma'aseyadayim, her literally handiwork, the work of her hands, right? So basically you have a minor daughter who is engaged in some kind of work, um, not full-time, not particularly lucrative, right, but maybe not even that skilled, right, but she's doing some work and she's making some money from it, and she's being supported by her brothers. Now, why is she being supported by her brothers? She's being supported by her brothers because her father has died, right? So the brothers, right, her male siblings, have basically taken over maintenance of the household. They are responsible for upkeep. They're responsible for bringing in money to the household. And they are supporting the women in the household, including their sister. And so the question is, if she is receiving this support, this sustenance from the work that her brothers are doing, then maybe the the work that she's putting in, the money she's getting for the work she's putting in, that that should also go into the household as opposed to being hers to hold on to until she gets married subsequently. And this is what the Gemara says the two possibilities are. Bimakom av kayame, in place of the father they stand, i.e. the brothers. Mahata av, right, in the regular case, the father is providing shelter and food and clothing and all sorts of things to support the daughter um, as she lives her day-to-day life. So obviously she should sort of have to pay back um, through any work that she ends up doing. But, so if we say that the brothers are simply standing in for the father, then in fact they should be getting the profit from whatever labor she's doing. But there's another possibility, or perhaps, the brothers have actually are not comparable or similar to the father. Why? In the case of the father, from, from, they, from him, she is being supported. But here the brothers are not actually supporting her. Now that's a little bit tricky to understand, so we have to look at Rashi. And if you look at Rashi, Rashi actually points out that 
the reason she is supported by the household, um, right, by the brothers, is because there's an implicit condition in the ketubah. Any time a man and a woman got married, there was an implicit condition that should the father die, right, should the father stop stop being able to support the family, that in fact the daughters would be supported by the household. Benan uh, nukvan, the daughters get support from the household until they um, leave the house and get married. So that latter possibility is saying that, yeah, you know what? It's not actually the brothers doing it um, of their own familial obligation, right? But that's an obligation that fell upon the household. Um, and so therefore, they don't actually have a claim uh, on her money. So that's the question that Rabbi Avina asks Rav Sheshet, right? Does her work go into that, back into the household, back to the brothers at this point? Or does she get to keep it? Amarle. So Rav Sheshet responds, Tinituah, we have a Mishnah that talks about a similar case, at least to his mind. A widow, right, so the husband has died, um, the, the former wife, the widow, has not yet collected the Ketubah, so she's still being supported by the household. That's another Tanai, another condition of the Ketubah. So she's being supported by the orphans, and here orphans clearly means the children of the husband, right? They may not even be her children. Maybe they're his children from a previous marriage, right? In, in such a case where the widow is being supported by the household, by her stepchildren, or, or by her ch full children, she actually has to give her the profits of the work that she does back into the household as sort of a recompense, um, Right, and I think, by the way, that we may may not shouldn't quite think of this in in purely economic terms as like a tit for tat, but sort of basic survival. Right, the household is laying out all sorts of resources for food, shelter, clothing. Right, and that's not cheap, <laughs> um, in, especially in certain cultural settings, especially pre the Industrial Revolution. Um, and so there's just a need for all the resources to be going into sustaining the house. So. Rav Sheshet is suggesting that, well, if that's true for an almanah, if that's true for a widow, um, then it should be true for a daughter as well, right? She should, um, right, because the household is supporting the widow because of the tanai of the ketubah, right, the legal imposition on them uh, by the by the court through the ketubah, um, then so too that should apply to the daughter as well. Now here's where things get interesting, because the Gemara wants to break down this comparison. The Gemara says, midame, is that really similar? So this is a line that requires a little bit of parsing, but what it means is his widow, he doesn't care about, he's not happy with, um, I'm not clear exactly how to translate here, but it means that he's not so concerned that she'd be making money and, and storing it away in the bank, right? He actually says, look, you know, we were married for a long time, um, now I have passed on and you're being supported by the household and you should be contributing to the household as well. But Bito, his daughter, he actually wants his daughter to have some money saved up. Now, why would he want to have his daughter to have some money saved up? Because she presumably is trying to get married. Um, and he wants his daughter to get the best shidduch possible and he's not there to sort of 
guard over it to, to make sure that everything's going to work out well. So her best chance for having a good match, a good marriage, and attracting an appropriate mate is going to be if she can demonstrate that she has skills um, and can bring some money into the relationship and help support the household when she's in that relationship. The father's not there to do it, so he wants his daughter to be able to demonstrate that. So while, in fact, logically, it might make sense for the daughter to put the profit of her work back into the household that is supporting her um, with food and clothing and shelter, in fact, we make an exception because of what we assume the father would want for his daughter, the best possible outcome. Whereas, obviously, for his widow, he's not as concerned that she find such a great match and maybe even wants her to be uh, to be putting her efforts um, into the household that they grew together. So the Gemara, though, right, is right, even saying that, the Gemara is saying, well, that's a little too simplistic. And the Gemara says, Is that really to say that a daughter is preferable, right, to him, right, to the, to the now dead man, right? Would he prefer his daughter to his wife, right, his former wife, his widow? And the way that they're going to prove this out is by a different law, Vahama Rabbi Abba Amar Rabbi Yossi. So Rabbi Abba said in the name of Rabbi Yossi, Asu almanat ke'etzel habat kevat etzel achin binechasim muatin. Mahabat etzel achin habat nizonet vaachin yishalu al hapetachim. Af almanat etzel habat almanat nizonet vahabat tishal al hapetachim. So this statement basically says, look, sometimes we have to pick in life, right? We don't have infinite money. We don't have infinite resources. And so we have to figure out, look, who's going to get supported and who's going to have to suffer a little bit. Um, and it's a terrible choice to have to make. But in fact, sometimes we have to make those choices. So Rabbi Yossi said that they, the sages, and presumably this is the sages intuiting what most men would want, right? What most fathers would want. And maybe we could say better, intuiting what would be best for society. They said that an almanah, a widow, um, when faced with a conflict between supporting a widow and supporting a daughter, is the same kind of conflict as when you have to support a daughter versus supporting brothers. And there's not enough. Nechasim there's not enough money around. So just like in the case of the daughter... In the, and the brothers, right, where there's only enough money to support either the, the male, uh, the, the man or the, or the daughter. Right? The daughter gets those limited resources and the brothers have to go begging. Right? That's the pecking order, right? And there's all sorts of reasons for this. You know, one of the most obvious is women are much more vulnerable if they're out begging than men are, um, particularly in a very, very highly uh, sexually segregated and patriarchal society. Um, but we we apply the same calculus to the to the widow and the daughter, right? If you have to choose between supporting the widow um, or supporting the daughter and sending one of them out to go begging, that the we presume the beitin presumes that the husband would prefer the widow to be supported and the daughter to go begging on the doorsteps. So how are we going to figure this out, right? Now we've got a conflict, right? Which is it? Is the daughter sort of more preferable in a sense, or is the widow more preferable in a sense? And the Gemara kind of cuts this in an interesting way that I think actually makes a lot of sense. So the Gemara says, Le'inyan ziluta almanato adifale, le'inyan harvacha bito adifale. Then actually we can split it, right? That the husband is saying, or we assume, right, the court where the rabbis are saying, well, what, how actually would the, would um, your average man in this situation want to split things up? He would say, look, I loved my wife, 
right? She was central to me. She was important to me. Um, and I would not want her to be to undergo ziluta. I would not want her to undergo disgrace, right? Forcing her to go begging for money, that's just disgraceful. In a sense, maybe it's even a little bit disgraceful to the man, although it's also disgraceful for, to him for his daughter to have to go begging, right? But he doesn't want to have to put his, his former wife through that. Um, whereas presumably the daughter, even if she has to do that at some point, will, um, will marry somebody else and get out of that situation. But the daughter, Le'inyan Harvacha, right, but he would want the daughter to be able to keep whatever money she makes from doing business, right? Now we're out of the limited resources case, right? And we're saying in a normal case, I don't know if it's normal or abnormal, right? But in, in a case where there are enough resources to go around, right, he wants the daughter to be able to get a good shidduch, right? He wants the daughter to be able to marry um, the best, to get the best possible marriage and match that she can. Um, and I think emotionally this makes a lot of sense, right? Because the relationship with the widow, that's about the past, right? He doesn't want her to undergo any disgrace, but he also, he, now now that he's out of the picture, he doesn't care quite as much about her future, certainly if he would have to imagine her being with somebody else. But the relationship with the daughter, that's actually about the future, the future of the family, the future of the line. Um, and that was why I think the Gemara presumes that in this case, the father would prefer the daughter to be able to keep the money um, so she can have the brightest possible future. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.